The Electoral Commission in Papua New Guinea is expected to issue the writs for this year's general election on Thursday, a week later than originally scheduled. Elections in this huge Pacific Island country are an enormous logistical exercise, with a population of just under 9 million people spread across almost half a million square kilometres of the most remote and rugged terrain on the planet. On top of this, the government just last month created seven new districts. This and changes to the way votes are to be counted have election observers concerned. Joining me is Terence Wood, Research Fellow at the ANU's Development Policy Centre and an expert on Melanesian politics. Welcome back, Moalo Pacific Waves, Terence. Let's start with the last election in 2017. How well did that go? Some observers call the last elections in Papua New Guinea, which happened in 2017, the worst elections in Papua New Guinea's history. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that comment is fair, but there were certainly a lot of problems that plagued the elections in parts of Papua New Guinea. There was uh, a lot of violence, particularly in the Highlands region. Several hundred people were killed. There was vote buying, uh, vote buying more or less everywhere around the country. And also, particularly in the Highland region, uh, there were there were quite a few cases of fraud at polling stations and other sort of forms of uh, cheating that involved interfering with the electoral process itself. To be fair, I should also emphasise that in many parts of the country, the 2017 elections were actually run quite well. Uh, and that was an achievement on Papua New Guinea's behalf, given the challenges that it faced, uh, the challenges of geography and the like. So the news from 2017 wasn't all bad, but there were some quite significant problems, and those problems give us cause for concern as we look forward to the elections that are going to happen this year. Yeah, and it's it's easy uh, talking about the Pacific. We're so often talking about these small countries, but Papua New Guinea is a massive place, isn't it? It's, it is a major undertaking for a Pacific um, nation, the, the PNG elections. Yes, most definitely. I mean, just in terms of geography, running elections in Papua New Guinea would be much harder than running elections in, say, New Zealand. You've got more people, you've got tiny remote uh, outlying atolls where people have to vote, and you've also got uh, small hamlets on top of mountains where people have to vote too, and you have uh, very poor infrastructure uh, as well. So just getting ballot papers to everyone um, and getting those ballot papers counted and the like is a real challenge through no fault of the people of Papua New Guinea, right? That's just the geography they inherited. And coming coming to this year's elections, obviously 2017's <laughs> a whole another lifetime ago, it seems, with the pandemic. Lots of lots of new issues on top of the existing issues that are already part of the PNG political landscape. Talk us through some of the, the big election issues this year. So uh, one issue that worries me in particular is that a decision has been made ostensibly for the sake of reducing COVID spread to uh, count first preference votes at polling stations rather than in regional counting centres. Second and third preference ballots are still going to be counted at regional counting centres. However, there's a, a real potential problem here because Counting first preference ballots at polling stations uh, provides ample opportunity for strong candidates to cheat and to tamper with the counting process. Once upon a time, everything was counted at regional or uh, district centres, uh, and that worked quite well because it meant that all candidates could have their scrutineers present and uh, those scrutineers could ensure that cheating didn't occur in the counting process. But a shift now to counting uh, at a village level, well, that's really kind of problematic 
because some villages, particularly uh, in parts of the islands, will be entirely dominated by single candidates. And you'd imagine that in those villages, the potential for cheating during counting is going to go through the roof. And I thought I might just pull us back a bit and, and give us for listeners who aren't familiar with Papua New Guinea, do you mind giving us a quick 101 on the PNG electoral system and uh, maybe comparison with uh, Australia or New Zealand? Yeah, sure. So the electoral system in Papua New Guinea is uh, an electorate-based system, so it's very different from proportional representation as used in New Zealand. Uh, it's a system that's much closer to the system used in Australia uh, Unlike in Australia, where, where um, there are a lot of preferences and voters get to choose between voting above and below the line, in Papua New Guinea, uh, voters have just three preferences. And so when they go to vote, what they do is they mark their most preferred candidate on the ballot paper, they mark their second most preferred candidate on the ballot paper, and they mark their third most preferred candidate on the ballot paper. Then during counting, uh, as poorly performing candidates are eliminated, voters' preferences, voters' ballots are sort of reallocated as per the preferences that they indicated when they voted. Yeah, that makes for a a good system in the sense that it's not all or nothing for voters. They get to display some degree of support for up to three candidates, uh, but it does come with challenges. It makes the counting process a lot more complicated. Now, as as for any government, pandemic government, interesting challenges for Marape going into this election? Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly challenges with the economy, um, challenges with the COVID response too. Although one important thing to note is that unlike in countries um, such as perhaps New Zealand or Australia, national issues tend not to dominate uh, campaigning in elections in Papua New Guinea. In Papua New Guinea, uh, campaigning tends to be very localised and candidates vie for support on the basis of whether voters think they are likely to help, whether they, the candidates, are likely to help the voters directly with material assistance should those candidates be elected. So national issues tend to play a, a minor role at best during campaigning in elections in Papua New Guinea. Now, a new thing this this year also is the new electorates that have been declared. That's divided public opinion. What what are your what is your take on that? Yeah, so I mean, th- there is a real problem in Papua New Guinea with malapportionment. Uh, so some electorates in Papua New Guinea are home to many more people than others, and that's kind of unfair because the people in the very populous electorates get less representation in Parliament than they ought to on the basis of electorate's population. And so there's always been talk of redistricting in Papua New Guinea. So that is resizing different electorates to try and deal with the problem of malapportionment. However, um, this exercise in redistricting has been a bit unfortunate in so much as that it hasn't done much to tackle uh, the problem of malapportionment in Papua New Guinea. And at the same time, it's brought about the creation of seven new electorates um, very close to when the elections are actually going to be held. So that brings an increased challenge for the Electoral Commission, uh, which has to prepare uh, the electoral process for seven new electorates at the last minute. There's been a lot of chatter around the delaying of the of the answer of the writs in the in the last few weeks. Um, is this something to be concerned about uh, observing from a distance or is this just a normal part of the process? I think it's a little unusual, but it's understandable given the creation of uh, these seven new electorates at the last minute. And I don't think it really uh, 
is concerning in any way. I'm pretty sure that Papua New Guinea's constitution will be honoured and that the election will be held on time this year. Thank you.